This is that of journey to freedom. And we are on a, a journey of freedom. There's so many things in this world that take us captive and hold us. And God wants to set us free so that we'll have an unhindered walk with him. The journey to freedom. And the Exodus story offers so many good parallels. Last week, we started the series and we talked about that holy ground. A journey with God, that journey of freedom, often begins with a personal encounter with God. And that was true of Moses at the bush that would not burn up. And yet his response to God's calling was resistance. And, and if we want the freedom that God is calling us to, we're going to have to step out of our comfort zone and into God's path. And so today we're going to look at those next steps of faith. We've seen the burning bush that wouldn't burn up and wouldn't go out. And now what are we going to do with it? Are we going to step out in faith? Are we aware that, that God has a plan for us? And just like that burning bush didn't go out, God doesn't go out. He doesn't give up. And, but pain and circumstances oftentimes stop us from seeing and remembering God in our lives. And so today's passage is in Exodus 5, verse 22, and then through chapter 6, verse 12. And we're entitling it, Beyond the Pain. But have you ever noticed that pain blinds us to whatever's on the other side of it? Oftentimes, that's all that we can focus on is the pain. About a week ago, I, uh, I jammed my little finger on my left hand. Fortunately, I'm right-handed. So, uh, but I just have to tell you, the littlest finger on the least dominant hand has dominated this last week. Yeah. Yep, first thing I thought of when I woke up this morning, hello, <laughs> I'm still here, I'm bruised, I hurt, give me attention. Yep, oftentimes that's the case in life. We're bruised and we're hurt. Pain comes into our lives. And it gets our attention. And in our story, we're going to talk about the children of Israel and Moses who couldn't see beyond the pain. They couldn't see the beyond because of the pain they felt. Now, in our text, we're going to go to the verse that kind of, the pivot verse that kind of explains it. It's in, it's in Exodus chapter 6, verse 9. And Moses has talked to the children of Israel about their pain and what God is doing. And then it comes to this, this verse that kind of explains the message. Moses reported this to the Israelites, what God had told them to say. But they did not listen to him because of their discouragement and harsh labor. I mean, the key to seeing the beyond is oftentimes not focusing on their, our discouragement and the harshness of the moment. But it's hard to see and hear anything in the midst of discouragement and a never-relenting pain. That is so true. So let's just examine for a minute the pain of the Israelites. Moses' pain at the moment. Back in our story in Exodus chapter 5, 22, Moses returned to the Lord and said, Why, Lord, have you brought trouble on this people? Is this why you sent me? Remember, burning bush. Moses has his, his hesitancy. Aaron helps him. And so in between last week and this, this week, Moses and Aaron have appeared to Pharaoh, and they use those famous words from God, the message from God. Let my people go. And Moses in Pharaoh, in response to those words, doubles down. He increases the amount of, of uh, labor expected from them, the bricks, and he gives them less supplies to accomplish it. And 
And when those quotas are not met, he calls them lazy and calls in the foremen and complains to them. And those foremen then go to Moses and complain to him. And then Moses goes to God and there you have it. That's their pain. Why, Lord, have you brought trouble on this people? Is this why you sent me? And God responds. Here's God's message to their pain. First of all, to Moses. He said, then the Lord said to Moses, now you will see what I will do to Pharaoh. Because of my mighty hand, he will let them go. Because of my mighty hand, he will drive them out of his country. You're looking at what you can see, and that is the pain. But there are things that you're not seeing, and that is the beyond. Because the battle is not between you, Moses, and the people. And the battle is not between the people and Pharaoh. It's me. The battle is between me and Pharaoh and, and the gods, the Egyptian gods. And I am Yahweh. I am God Almighty. And then I am opposed to Pharaoh and those Egyptian gods. And you're focusing on Pharaoh and those Egyptian gods. You're focusing on Pharaoh. But you're not focusing on Yahweh, the Lord, the Almighty. And, and Moses, in this battle, who do you think is going to win in this struggle? So God also said this to Moses in verses 2 and 3. I am the Lord. I appeared to Abraham, to Isaac, to Jacob as God Almighty. But by my name, the Lord, I did not make myself fully known to them. So Moses, you need a little lesson on who I am. Who shall I say sent you? Who I am. Well, I am God Almighty, and I'm more. I'm Yahweh. And I'm going to give you a chance to know more about me and to get to know me. And the way I'm going to do it is I'm going to come alongside you on this journey. And I am working, and yet all you're seeing is Pharaoh? Have you met Pharaoh? Oh, you know who he is, and you know what he does. But has he come alongside you? And yet I, the Lord... I'm coming alongside you on this journey. And he also tells Moses, and I remember. You might have forgotten the covenant, but I haven't. Verse 4. I also established my covenant with them to give them the land of Canaan, where they resided as foreigners. I remember the promise I made. Do you? Do they? Seems like they've forgotten. Verse 5. Moreover, God says, I have heard the groaning of the Israelites whom the Egyptians are enslaving, and I have remembered my covenant. I've heard their pain. I've seen the situation. And in the midst of their pain, and their crying out to me, and the situation they find themselves in, I also remember the covenant I made. And you called out to me. They called out to me. And I'm on it. I'm on it. I'm going to give you, in other words... What I promised. We're in covenant. I'm going to give it to you. And so then he tells Moses, here's the message for the Israelites. Now, here's what I'm going to do. We're going to read the message from God to the Israelites given to Moses that he's going to go tell them. And then we're going to go back and I'm going to highlight some things 
that, uh, that, they, that he, God's trying to tell the Israelites. So let's just look at the text. Exodus 6, 6 through 8 first. Therefore say to the Israelites, I am the Lord, and I will bring you out from under the yoke of the Egyptians. I will free you from being slaves to them, and I will redeem you with an outstretched arm and with mighty acts of judgment. I will take you as my own people, and I will be your God. Then you will know that I am the Lord your God, who brought you out from under the yoke of the Egyptians. And I will bring you to the land I swore with uplifted hands to give to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob. I will give it to you as a possession. I am the Lord. Now let's take just a few minutes and go back this mess, to, to look through this message God sent to his people for them to hear in the midst of their pain. And the beginning of the message is he tells them who he is. And he ends it, by the way, with the same thing. He says who I am. I am the Lord. You know Pharaoh. You obviously seem to have forgotten who I am. You called out to me, but it <laughs> seems like you're forgetting all of a sudden. I am the Lord. Let me remind you of who I am. And I am, I am. I'm Yahweh, the Lord. And yet all you can think of is the pain Pharaoh is bringing on you and then blaming it on me. That's where I get in this picture. Sounds like someone needs to come to an understanding of the difference between God and Pharaoh and the Egyptian gods. And so he starts by saying, I am the Lord. He says who he is. And then he talks about how we can see him coming alongside us. He says, I will bring, I will bring you out from under the yoke. He says, I have the power to rescue. You called out to me, and guess what? I am here. I am working. I will do this. I'm going to bring you out. I will help you come out from under the yoke, which is not an easy thing to do. They're going to need help. I mean, for many of us, we've studied long enough that we know that yoke is, is something you put on animals, like two oxen, to help them pull a burden or a plow. And it has to be taken off. You have to be unhitched. You have to be unconnected from your yoke and from your burden. And he says, I'm going to unyoke you. I'm going to come alongside you. I will bring you out from under the yoke. In other words, he's saying, I'm going to set you free. I will free you from being slaves. He will set us free. And freedom is, is, is there. It is just beyond the pain of now. There's so much in this passage, but I think a portion of it. One of the, the challenges for God with the children of Israel was to get them to see themselves as something other than slaves. It was instilled in them. It was generational. It's how they saw themselves. And he says, I will free you from being slaves. I'll free you not just from the labor, but I'm actually going to make you into something other than Slaves. He will set us free. And to do that, he first will redeem us. I will redeem you with an outstretched arm. In other words, that freedom, as Brad talked about, comes with a price. 
And he says, I, I'm going to pay the price. I'll pay the price. It is something that I am doing, not you. You're, you're slaves. You can't redeem yourself. You can't buy yourself, but, but I can. By the way, maybe you could buy yourself, but how about all the other hundreds of thousands of you? Can, no, but I can. I can do this. You are in the humiliation of pain, which is kind of like being put on the auction block. You're humiliated. You're on the auction block. You're slaves. But I am working at redeeming you. And I'm doing it with my outstretched arm. I don't know if you've ever been to an auction. It's been years, but I, it's, they're fun to go to. And you had an itch on your nose and you bought a trombone. <laughs> I actually bought a trombone at the last auction I went to. But yeah, yeah. You need a trombone? Believe me, it's not worth getting. But he says, you know, Jesus didn't just. Now, he, I know this, this outstretched arm is much, much more than what I'm making it. But just in this idea of redeeming, it's like he's got his hand up. And Pharaoh says, I'm in. And God did never raise, lowered his hand. Uh, I'm still in. Well, I'll do this. Uh, in. Uh, bring it all. I don't care how high you bring it. Because whatever you can bring to the table, I made it. I am God the Almighty, the Creator. I am. So whatever Pharaoh tries to do, in, yep, 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 just bring it, bring it. But this is a process. Pharaoh's still bidding, and God's going to outbid him. I will redeem you. I am redeeming you. I have all the resources necessary. And you're going to see whose outstretched arm overcomes. And it's going to be God's. But God, in the moment, the injustice of the moment, and he also tells the children, he will judge with an outstretched arm and with mighty acts of judgment. And in a sense, God is saying, I recognize the injustice of this moment. And it's wrong. They didn't write. It's what injustice is. It's wrong. And I recognize it. And I'm letting you know, I will judge. The one who has the power to redeem you also has the power to judge. Mighty acts of judgment. Wow. Thanks, God. What a powerful message. And the children of Israel, verse 9, Moses reported this to the Israelites, but they did not listen to him because of their discouragement and harsh labor. See, they couldn't see the beyond because of the pain. And pain might have prevented the Israelites from hearing but be assured it did not prevent God from acting and it doesn't now well that was then and that was them but what about now and what about us what about God's disciples these days what is God saying to us well, let me begin by remembering Jesus and his words to his disciples. 
the apostles, the, the disciples. In John chapter 14 through 16, what a, of 17 actually, I mean, you just, in that whole section, Jesus is about to go to Jerusalem and, and be arrested and, and all the pain. And the disciples are really struggling with all this. And Jesus spends some special time talking and explaining to them. In John 14 and 15 and on and on. And they were just having a hard time hearing and understand. Because they were in the midst of a very discouraging time and they were concerned. Jesus is about to be arrested. And in John 16, he says to them, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world, you will have trouble. But take heart, discouraged ones. Take heart, the text says. I have overcome the world. So, Let's just try and personalize this. And here's the plan. You saw the headings I made taking out what, what God told to the children of Israel that they had a hard time hearing. Let's go back, and I'm going to take out those headings and then bring them forward to Jesus in our walk as disciples. The first thing we highlighted was how he, God says who he is, who God is. The Israelites, he says, I am the Lord. I mean, they had Moses, and that's, that's pretty impressive. I mean, Moses, who was trained in Pharaoh's house, and then trained by God in the wilderness to lead them through a wilderness. I mean, it's pretty impressive. But we have Jesus, the one who created the world, and the one who created us. John 1, 14. The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son who came from the Father full of grace and truth. Who is God? The God who was walking alongside the Israelites came and walked alongside us in this world, mankind. It was Jesus. And Jesus shows us who is God. He says, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. And so we need to see him with us. To the Israelites, he says, I will bring you out from under the yoke. And Jesus came to walk on this earth, walk this path, so that we could follow him and see how the path is supposed to be walked and where we go and how do we handle it. And so we are now called to listen to him, to follow him, to listen to his voice. John 10, 27 through 28. My sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. I give them eternal life and they shall never perish. No one will snatch them out of my hand. God said, I'll bring you out. Just stay with me. And Jesus says, nobody can steal you from me. Listen to my voice. To the Israelites, he made the point that he will set them free. He said to them, I will free you from being slaves. And for us, our ultimate freedom is in Jesus. He will set us free from our slavery to sin so that we can follow him. In other words, we don't have to stay in sin any longer. John 8, 32 and 34. Then you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. Jesus replied, very truly, I tell you, everyone who sins is a slave to sin. You are yoked to sin, 
and, and you can't do anything about it you can't make yourself perfect again but I, God just says I can I will set you free I will make it where you can see yourself as something different than your sin I'll change things I will set you free from the slavery to sin and I, to do that I will redeem you to the Israelites he said I will redeem you with an outstretched arm and Jesus redeemed us with outstretched arms on the cross he redeemed us Matthew 14 31 the story of Peter I saw on the internet this, this picture that, I, that just captured me I was, it was an image of it, it was depicting I think the scene of Peter when he had doubt and he sank and of course the text just says you know he started to sink and Jesus reached out his hand but in this image Peter has sunk below the water and he's looking up and Jesus is there and he sees Jesus kind of unclearly unfocused through the the water you know because Jesus is on the other side of the water and yet Jesus has reached down his hand through the water and the hand that he's reaching is in focus as he reached for him now I but just the image of it just captured me how Jesus reached out with outstretched arms to, to save us Matthew 14 31 immediately Jesus reached out his hand and caught him you of little faith he said why did you doubt but did you see the wind did you see the, did you see the size of that wave I couldn't even step on it step over it I mean why did you doubt because of discouragement and the harshness of the conditions and Jesus says he will redeem us first Peter 1 18 and 19 for you know that it was not with perishable things such as silver or gold that you were redeemed from the empty way of life handed down to you from your ancestors but with the precious blood of Christ a lamb without blemish or defect he paid the price that only he could pay perfection had to be paid by the perfect to get it back and with outstretched arms he paid the price that only he could pay he redeemed us and then to the Israelites, he talked about how he would judge. He talked about those mighty acts of judgment. And to us, I think it is important for us to know that God will take care of our pain. I mean, it is unjust. It's not right. It's not fair. It's not how it should be. Romans 12, 19. Do not take revenge, my dear friends, but leave room for God's wrath. For it is written, it is mine to avenge, I will repay, says the Lord. He will bring justice into our lives. He will bring justice into the world and he will bring justice into the painful situations that sin has created in our lives. It's clear. Life is not easy. Sometimes we get jammed and bruised and it hurts and it calls for our attention from the first time moment we wake up to when we go to bed. Some of us are bruised and not able to do what we want to do or used to do. And it's hard for us to see beyond the pain. But may our focus change to the beyond from the pain. We are on a path to freedom, brother and sister. We're on the path. We are on the only path to freedom. 
Our calling is to leave the bush and our encounter to God, with God and walk in faith. And don't let the pain of the path, the pain of this world, keep us from seeing the beyond. The promised land of freedom. It is there. Freedom from sin. Freedom from trouble. And so in that text, John 14 through 17, that passage, let's just go back to the beginning of it. Let me read to you John 14, verses 1 through 6. Jesus' words to the disciples. Do not, do not let your heart, hearts be troubled. Discouragement. Tough times. You believe in God, believe also in me. My Father's house has many rooms. If that were not so, would I have told you that I'm going there to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me, that you also may be where I am. You know the way to the place where I'm going. You know the path. But Thomas said to him, Lord, we don't know where you're going, so how can we know the way? And Jesus answered, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. That's the way. Friend, if you've never put on Christ in baptism, he is the only way to get out of the bondage to slavery. And I know you're bruised and you're hurt, and, and he paid the price. Won't you give your life to him, accept what he has done for you, have your sins washed away, and then live that new life, making him Lord of your life. The beyond, that's where our focus needs to be. By the way, the beyond is not just heaven, but it is heaven, but it's not just heaven. And heaven's becoming a pretty sweet place. Quite frankly, the older I get, the sweeter it gets. You remember that passage where your treasures are there, your heart will be also? Now, this week, Dean Niles, another treasure in heaven. The longer you live, the more you have there than you have here, it seems like, you know? And, and I understand. You think I'm kind of silly if you're young and don't get all that? That's okay. That's all right. You just keep walking the path. You just keep living. You keep loving. And you just watch those treasures accumulate. I am so impressed with people who deal with chronic pain. And, and I'm talking to many of you. I mean, you understand chronic pain. I, I don't. I know, I know pain. I know a headache. But I don't know chronic pain. I don't see how you deal with it. And you get up and put a smile on your face and you keep going. When I have pain, my measly little pain compared to yours, one of the things I have to do is go to my special place. Somebody taught me that. Just kind of, not, you know, just kind of think of some place to, to, to get away. And there are several places that I can go mentally in my mind to give me a break to try and just get away. I hope for each of us, heaven's one of those places we let our minds go to escape from the pain and the harshness and injustices of the world. Know God. But I also want to tell you the beyond is not just there, it is now. Beyond the pain can be right now. We are living in the beyond. We can know God and know that he is with us and know that his hand is more powerful than this world because he created the world and he is working even in the midst of this pain. 
And the beyond is learning to trust him and then push ourselves to change our focus and see beyond the pain, to see the beyond. And brothers and sisters, for many of us, that means we need to get, change our focus again. Maybe we need to restore our vision. And if you need to be restored to God because you've walked away and changed your way of looking, we'd love to come alongside you. We're fixing to have an invitation, and we'd love to all join you in prayer for whatever struggle you've had that's caused God not to be the focal point of your life. We'll also have a couple of shepherds and their wives in the, in the parlor, just right back here in your room. They're going to be there praying for us. And they would love for you to join them in their prayer. They'd, they'd love to pray for you and your specific need. If it would be a blessing for you just to talk to a couple of shepherds and their wives, I'd encourage you during the invitation song, make your way there. They'd love to join us. And if you've never put on Christ in baptism, now's the time. Beyond the pain. If you need to respond, why don't you come as we stand together and sing. There's a fountain free, tis for you and me. Let us haste, oh haste to its spring.